where do you find inspiration for your photography? So I talk sometimes about inspiration and finding inspiration, but I thought it would be worth just recording a short podcast about where I find inspiration for my work. And maybe that will give you some ideas uh, beyond what you're currently doing. So first of all, I guess social media is a great place to go because the number of different photographers, different styles, different sort of genres of photography you can access is just huge. So I use Instagram and I post on Instagram every day. So that's where I keep my primary engagement with people and where I share my work. And equally, I follow quite a lot of other people in my Instagram and a lot of them are photographers. Some of them are extremely good. They come up with just absolutely amazing photographs that blow me away. And when I see photographs like that, I'll, I'll kind of have a look and just work out what they've done to get a particular shot. And that's particularly true of wildlife. It's also other types of photography because I do like other styles as well. I've focused very much on wildlife because that's what my business is about and that's where my main focus is. But I also have ideas that I want to pursue at some point, <clears throat> which look at other styles of photography. So I'm always interested in what other people are doing. And if you want to use Instagram, there are a few things you can do that I th think are quite helpful. One is obviously there would be photographers that you are following, hopefully on one of them, and you can look at their work. But if there's a particular category you are interested in looking at, in the search field in Instagram, you can put in a hashtag and that might be, say, hashtag wildlife. And what it will do, it will just come up with a lot of photographs that have been posted with that hashtag or wildlife photography or whatever else it is that you're interested in doing. So having got that display of photographs up, what you can then do is jump into any that you like. So just click on um, a particular photograph that you like. That, that will take you to the photographer who posted the shot. So you can obviously click on their name and have a look at their work and what else they're doing. So that might be somebody you would want to follow. And another thing you can do when you're looking at what another photographer is doing is just um, have a look at the hashtags they're using and maybe click on those hashtags as well and see what they give you. So as you can imagine, you're, you jump, you start jumping down rabbit holes and very quickly you can uh, get access to an awful lot of work. But that is something that I, I like to do and um, I do it from time to time. I just have a kind of search around, see what's on Instagram and just start following photographers whose work I really like. So that's one place to go. Now, I mentioned looking at different genres of photography, and one of the things I used to like doing was going to um, photo talks, lectures, seminars, whatever it might be. So that really depends on what's available where you are, because these were sort of going in um, person. Um, certainly in Sydney with We're Observers, when I was involved with We're Observers, they would have a monthly uh, photo talk, and that was very interesting to not only see what the photographer, what their work was like, and they would explain what was behind their work, but also at those events, there's often an opportunity to have a chat with the photographer afterwards or before, depending how formal it is, and um, just get 
some idea of, of what motivates them and the way that they approach their photography because quite often two photographers will have a different approach to the same subject and I always like to get an idea about about what other photographers are thinking and this is why incidentally in the, the podcast series <clears throat> I've started including um, interviews if you like but where I'm just chatting to another photographer and trying to understand more about what drives them, what their inspiration is, how they go about doing their photography, even if it's something quite different to what I'm doing. And I I remember going to one talk. It was at a travel uh, store, uh, kind of the venture travel place in um, in Sydney. And the guy there, the guy who was speaking, he he was actually photographing trees. They were his thing. And... (laughs) To be honest with you, when I'm photographing wildlife, trees are usually the thing that gets in the way. So when I'm doing my main photography, I'm not a big fan of trees. But I walked away from that talk absolutely inspired because he was sharing how he used uh, space. Some people refer to it as negative space, but it's the space in the picture that is around your subject and how you use it. So I'll often talk about being a visual storyteller. And one of the reasons for taking that approach is that it makes you look at what's in the background and then you become much more mindful of not only what your your subject and what your subject is doing, but also the environment that, that you're shooting them in and how can you use that environment to add to the story, if you like, that you're telling of your subject. And what this guy was doing was using a lot of space in his photographs, the way he was composing them. And that just got me thinking because it was um, something I didn't usually do with my wildlife photography. Quite often with wildlife, I like to get in really close and do these very tight portraits. That's what I love. And what drives that is I want to give people who are looking at it an opportunity to see an animal in a way they wouldn't normally see it. So that usually is really up close because in most cases if you even see these animals in the flesh it's likely to be in a zoo and there is for very good reasons um, a nice bit of distance between you and them so that's one of the things that drives me in my photography but his use of space really inspired me and it got me thinking about how to shoot subjects differently and that takes me on to some other things you can try so when I was doing photo walks with We're Observers we used to do the photo walks every other Tuesday in the end and we'd meet down at Circular Quay which if you don't know Sydney is where the Harbour Bridge is and the Opera House so it's a really you know hot touristy spot but clearly there's lots and lots to photograph there and on the occasions where I would be running the the photo walk we we would call them uh, I my message really to people is to take a look around you've got these iconic um buildings which uh, or constructions or whatever you know the bridge and the opera house that often when people think of australia they are up in the top five things they will associate with australia sometimes um even a, a narrower margin than that and as it is a very busy tourist spot normally um, just imagine how many photographs were taken that day. 
and it's going to be in the hundreds of thousands of, of photographs if you if you start thinking of people walking around with their smartphones uh, cameras taking pictures of each other of the buildings all this kind of stuff and my challenge to people on the photo walk was to be in that area and we, and we would provide guidance but my aim for them was to take photographs that had not been taken that day and what that means is that you have to look at the subject differently and the photographs that you produce need to be different to what other people shoot so looking at the inspiration of that I, and sometimes on those photo walks because I did them so often I, I you know honestly get a little bit bored because it was the same old same old would vary the walk but if you're on them every week you know there's so many times you can walk past the same bench um, and, and not be inspired so I would be looking at just at different ways often of framing my subject and the easiest way to change your perspective on something is to just turn your camera around 90 degrees so if you normally shoot in landscape format take the same shot but switch it to portrait and then experiment by changing where your subject is in the frame rather most people put their subject right in the middle of the frame and I'll often if you been on any of my webinars where I talk about composition I'll talk about the rule of thirds because it's a great place to start with composition most cameras and smartphones actually have the rule of thirds grid um, in the viewfinder or you can switch it on so it's something that's readily available so the guide's there and it immediately changes your photographs it just makes them more interesting because rather than have your subject right in the middle of the frame you've got them on either one of the four crossover points using that rule of thirds grid and um, or you put them on one of the lines that the whatever you're focusing on so that's I found that a good way to just create a different shot and that would re-inspire me and then I you know and I'd be looking at other people so that's actually another thing while I'm thinking of it to, to throw in there if you can go and do some photography with other people whether it's a formally organized thing like a photo walk or just if you've got friends who are into photography or even a friend who's into photography, just go around together and have, um, you know, maybe a, a morning meet um, for a coffee, then go and do some photography and, and just look at how each of you is approaching your subject. Are you shooting the same photographs or are they different? Are you changing the orientation of the camera? Are you getting down really low? One thing I would do is just put my camera on the ground and shoot from ground level and point it towards my subject so that's another way of just getting a different perspective and that can give you a whole bunch of new ideas when it comes to how you're going to treat that subject and obviously once you start going down that path there are other directions you can shoot your subject um you know and I'm, I'm not going to tell you too much more because uh hopefully that's given you some ideas and then you can develop those ideas and and the reason that this is important is that this is how you develop your photography style. So if you are um, doing it more for a commercial um, kind of project, whether it's part-time or full-time, one of the things it's good to do is to develop a particular style because then people who like that style will tend to follow you and, and want to you know, have your prints around. So that's a good source of inspiration. Another one, and I, I did a podcast on this a while back, and that's doing a local project. So 
the reason I like doing a local project is that it's local, <laughs> primarily. Uh, so you haven't got to wait until you go away somewhere. You can just go out and do it where you live. Now, and it can be anywhere. It depends where you live. You might live in a city. You might have a small flat or a unit uh, that you live in. There might not seem to be much opportunity. But once you begin to look at what's around you, you start to see all sorts of possibilities. So if I take that example of someone, someone who's in a very small um, flat, you're in an urban area, uh, there's going to be areas, first of all, within where you live, you can look for details. You can look at how clothes arrange themselves when you hang them in a wardrobe. You, If you've got stairs, you can lie on the stairs and shoot directly up if there's a light up there and see if you get any kind of shapes. Um, look at door handles, uh, you know, anything, look at anything with detail. So that's a place to start. And then move out slowly. So what's on the immediate outside of where you live? Uh, what's what's the building made of? Is it brick? Is it stone? Um, do you have shapes in the brick? Again, something to think about with your photography. And this can be, this is generally for me a post-processing thing. But how does the same image look if you switch it to black and white? Because black and white is different to colour. We, we see different things in black and white. Black and white is all about shapes and textures. So that immediately gives an image a different feel. So think along those lines. So don't limit yourself to what you're going to immediately shoot on your phone or on your camera. Also think about what you can do with that shot in a post-processing um, piece of software. And certainly most smartphones, as far as I'm aware, have some level of post-processing capability as standard on the phone. If not, there are lots of free uh, packages you can get on the phone that allow you to edit your photograph, make it black and white. You can um, also do a sequence of shots. So it might be um, take a shot every five seconds for two minutes. You know, you can put these sort of shots together. You can start getting into the movie side, slow motion um, or fast motion. So, you know, think about how you're going to use those photographs and, and don't limit yourself to just taking the one photograph. When you're doing local projects as well, you can take a picture of the same place at the same time every day, every once a week, once a month. Uh, and this gives you these long-term sequences of photographs. And you've probably seen um, photographs in some social media. Um, I think Facebook, I've seen them. But people take pictures of their children growing up. And they might take one photograph a month of their child. But it's exactly the same shot. And then after a period of years, they'll put them together as a movie. And if you've got the patience for that, um, that's a great long-term project to have. But there's no reason why you can't do a long-term a project like that and have some short-term things going on as well. And maybe it only means you're doing photography one one day a week. That, that's all it needs to be or even less than that. But you can still over time produce a lot of results. So hopefully these are giving you ideas. And the other thing about doing a local project is that obviously your subjects are to some extent limited to, to what's around. But again, with me and this guy in the trees by being forced to photograph something you wouldn't normally photograph, it gets you perhaps looking at that subject in a different way and perhaps with the results you get, gives you ideas for how you can apply that to whatever you normally photograph. So there's a lot of kind of cross pollinization if you like, going on 
when you start to switch disciplines, switch types of subject and experiment with them. So lots of different things. Um, Obviously, there are webinars as well. That's another source of inspiration. So um, a lot of webinars are free. Um, I mean, I do a free webinar every month and um, I share my work. I'll talk about um, the behind the scenes, behind the scenes stuff. I'll talk about rules for composition, you know, all sorts of things that the talks vary from month to month, but generally there's something of those aspects in there. So again, all you're doing is investing a little bit of time in listening to other people and just getting other ideas. So I absolutely recommend that you connect with um, either groups, local groups. You go to talks if there are any available locally, look for things on the web if you don't have any, and do as many things as possible. And really the the final thing, and I've already touched on this when you're looking at inspiration, is to look at the post-processing side. So what you do with the photographs once you've got them. Something I'll do, with animals, I definitely switch to black and white. Another thing I like to do in post-processing is just change the saturation. So how vivid the colours are, either make them more vivid or or quite often what I'll do is bring them down really low, bring the saturation down very low so that most of it is is kind of grey and there maybe is one or two areas of colour that stand out. Again, just to get a feel for how that looks, or I might put um, a sort of shade filter, maybe a sepia kind of filter or something else over the image, just to change the feel of it again, make it warmer, make it colder. So once you're in the post-processing side of things, there are a lot of things you can do with an image you've already taken to make that image different and and um, I'm thinking of a warehouse in um it was actually a hotel now but it was originally uh, warehouses in Sydney in the rocks in Sydney and I kind of made it it was it was shot um in the winter one evening so it was fairly dark but I was just playing around with filters in Photoshop and I ended up with a green filter that I really liked the effect of it and just varied um the contrast as well on the shot so that um the uh, the kind of texture of the wall was much more obvious and there was a hand-painted um, uh, sign on the building, an old one, which was there were still some remains of it there. So I was just playing around with those ele- elements. Again, living in France here um, in, on the edge of the countryside, occasionally if you go for a walk in, in fields, you'll come across some small farm machinery that's sort of in the corner of the field, not doing very much. Um, I, I like photographing that kind of thing and playing with it in black and white rather than colour. So... There you go. I, these are just some thoughts to hopefully get you thinking about what you can do with your photography. So if you are feeling a certain lack of inspiration at the moment, uh, but would like to just get out and practice, there are some tips for you. Just go to some places you like going, maybe somewhere you normally go for a coffee um, or whatever else it is, or you like you like going for a walk. But Take a bit more time there and um, have a look around and maybe have a look at have a macro theme, go for detail as you're walking around, maybe go for um, a landscape or a sort of wide angle kind of approach. Um, what can what kind of story can you tell in that kind of shot? Try shooting from ground level. What difference does that make to how you perceive certain things? So there are lots and lots of things you can try, lots of things you can do. Okay, so that's pretty much it for this 
podcast. I hope you found that useful and I will speak to you again on the uh, the next podcast. So bye for now. Just before I go, I want to let you know that there's a couple of ways you can support me if you feel so inclined. Uh, with the podcast, Buzzsprout, which is the um, the platform I use for all of my podcasts, they have a subscription model. So if you feel that you would like to subscribe, a few dollars, a few euros, whatever, um, to the podcast, that would be much appreciated. The other option is my Patreon membership. So if you'd like to become a patron, and that starts at the price of a cup of coffee every month, you'll get access to exclusive material, behind-the-scenes material, photography tips, all this kind of stuff, depending on which tier you're at. So there is some information available through my website and um, also on the, uh, uh, the written text to go with this podcast. So if you choose either one, thank you so much in advance. And whether or not you do, I hope you uh, continue to enjoy the podcasts and let other people know about them. Thank you very much. Bye for now. 